What's going on, world? It is your host, Serial Sensei, speaking. Just coming through with a quick disclaimer. Um, we had a number of audio issues with this episode. I've spent three days <laughs> editing this to the best of my ability, so I apologize for the robot voice you may hear. And also, in regards to the rest in peace to Tech Nine, um, I found out a day later, um, before he died, he had child porn charges against him, which I did not know about. Um, but hey, I can't talk about what I didn't know. But that was the thing that happened. But uh, hope you guys enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I am your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 129. As always, you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play. Um, you can send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. You can hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Dojo Talk Podcast Instagram page. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Twitch at Serial Sensei. And as always, of course, I'm joined with my co-host, Antaku. What's going on, man? It is going to be a weird episode. Yeah, it's um just for, for context <laughs> for the listeners. Uh, we normally record on Sundays, but it is Monday, April the 1st, 8.43 p.m. And we picked like the perfect day to record late because boy oh boy <laughs> oh boy what a weekend um what a week yeah what a yeah yeah <laughs> i feel like we might not this yeah it's gonna be a long night i'm probably not gonna get a lot of sleep tonight because this this has been but between fight announcements and storylines that we'll get into and then there were like three major cards this weekend there was a lot going on like, like just, major is a really strong word to just describe one of those cards man well all right we had two majors all right really the ufc card that the headliner was major the card the, the card in total, I wouldn't say it was major. Yeah, like the, I think the only real major major card this weekend was the one card. One, yeah. The other two were date fillers. Yeah, basically. <laughs> they had moments, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll we get that. We are in a but... content era, and it doesn't matter if it's good. It just needs to be there. Yeah, pretty it's much. It's like your daily, like your favorite, um, I don't know. Is, are Let's Play still a thing? Let's, yeah, let's go with that. It's like your daily Let's Play up, uploader guy. It, it doesn't have to be good. It just has to be there. Right. And that's, yeah, that's... I'll, I'll give Bellator credit, though. Compared to the last card, this card actually at least had some fights I was interested in seeing. Because that last card was, oof. Yikes. Who's the most amazing event? Nah. Korshkov. Yeah. That, which would have been a really awesome fight. Um, but... You know, M- yeah, M- MMA injuries, such such is life. Uh, real quick, before we get started, always shout out to the listeners, everybody who posts, retweets, reposts. We appreciate you. Number one city for the week, Carlsbad, California. Number two, Las Vegas, Nevada. Number three, Murraysville, Washington. Number four, Markham, Canada. And number five. Uh, San Francisco, California, and then right behind them is Ericsson, Canada. So, appreciate you guys for listening. As always, share, tag a friend. If you like combat sports, they like combat sports, send them this podcast. Just randomly airdrop people in, like, your, your local airport. 
Yeah, just, you know. Yeah, do what you gotta do. <laughs> I was gonna say, the, the next time you're like, you know, you're trying to talk to a woman, or if you're a woman, you're talking to a man, you get their phone number, just like, send them our podcast is like one of your first texts. It might be kind of weird, but just do it. I mean, it's a conversation starter. There you go. You know, we we, we can help you inadvertently break the ice. It might not go well, but we're, we're trying, you know, we're we trying. Um, real quick before we get into news and notes, um, quick, on, on a quick somber note, won't spend too much time on this, but, um, you know, we're an MMA podcast, but, um, definitely a big hip hop fan. So two RIP shout outs real quick. Um, rest in peace to the battle rapper Tech Nine from Philly who passed, um, I think sometime last week. I'm not even sure what he passed of. I don't know what actually happened to him, but. Um, for those who don't know, he was a battle rapper, one of the earlier pioneers of battle rap. Um, one of his most known battles was uh, him versus Midwest Miles. Um, so re- rest in peace to him. And yesterday we lost Nipsey Hussle. Uh, rest in peace to him. He was unfortunately murdered, I think, like outside of the clothing store shop that he owned. He owns um, that whole building. Like that, yeah, that, yeah. that complex, um, apparently. Yeah, and that that was a really, really just unfortunate, man. Um, I, I did an album review today of uh, Little Sims' album, Gray Area, and I talked more about the Nipsey Hussle uh, situation on there. So if you want to get just more thoughts, uh, listen to that. I actually put that out today, so by the time you hear this, that episode will already be out. But quick, just rest in peace uh, to both of those gentlemen. Really just... Really unfortunate. Nipsey was only like 33. Tech Nine, I want to say, was in his 30s. Also, um, just two people who left Earth like way too early, man. Just way, way too early. But uh, re- rest in peace to those gentlemen. All right, now on to these um these news and notes. And boy, um we got a, we got a lot. Um, it's some heavy. <laughs> it's some flight announcements this week. Um. So I'm going to just roll from the top. I'll, I'll try to run through these and then we'll go back and we'll uh, expand on some of these fight announcements. Because like I said, there's some there's some heavy ones. So uh, UFC 239 is looking like it's, it's they're going all out. Um, we got a host of fights for UFC 239. We got John Jones going against Tiago Santos. Amanda Nunes versus Holly Holm. Um, the next two I'm going to name, I want to say are rumored. I don't know if they're official, but it seems like they're going to happen. Uh, Junior Dos Santos versus Francis Ngannou and Ben Askren versus Jorge Masvidal. Um, I know Masvidal and Askren agreed they wanted to fight in June. I don't know if they ever worked that date out, but it seems like that's the event that's going to happen. Um, it's going to happen on. Moving to UFC 238, uh, Henry Cejudo will be challenging for the now <laughs> vacant Bantamweight title against Marlon Marais. Um, at UFC Minnesota on June 29th, Tyron Woodley and Robbie Lawler will be rematching for whatever reason. I, well, I will get back to it. They need I, I, to I be don't. filled, bro. Eh, there are too many other. You know what? I, we'll leave it alone. That that could be a whole other thing. <laughs> it's too many other people in that division that these two don't. I don't see how this was like a must-happen fight. Like there weren't. I I don't know. I don't know. But moving on, um, UFC Rochester going down on May 18th. 
Uh, has a few fights listed. We got Zaleski, ah, Zaleski Dos Santos versus Neil Magny. And Megan Anderson will be facing off against Felicia Spencer, who, if you guys don't know, is Invicta FC's featherweight champ. So she'll be coming over. That should be pretty fun. Uh, UFC Fort Lauderdale will have Mike Perry versus Alex Oliveira and also Gilbert Burns versus Eric Wisley. Um, why did I write Ray Borg versus Casey Kenny when that fight actually happened? <laughs> At UFC Stockholm, we'll have Alir Latifi versus Vulcan Ustamir. Jimmy Manoa versus Alexander Rachik, uh, Makwan Amerikani versus Chris Fisgold. At UFC Ottawa, we'll have Cub Swanson versus Shane Burgos. Um, also at UFC 238, should have mentioned earlier, uh, Felice Herrig versus Yao Nan Yan. And at UFC 237, we'll have Francisco Trinaldo versus Diego Ferreira. Um, and on the news tip, uh, last article, Jose Aldo. Um, the last I heard, he actually may be out with that knee infection. Not official yet, but just keep an eye on that. Hopefully that fight doesn't fall apart, but I don't know. It, I guess as of right now, it's not looking that great. Uh, in Bellator news and fight matchups, uh, Gegard Mousasi and Rafael Lovato Jr. will get the, get the fight. Uh, that'll be going down at Bellator London in June. And a Bellator news note, uh, Josh Barnett has signed with Bellator. Whoop-de-woo. Another old heavyweight. Um. <laughs> I mean, you got <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's, 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 I, like, I, I'm guessing, like, Ryzen just doesn't want to spend the money on Barnett, because I'm surprised he just didn't go back to Japan. Yeah, you would think, because he would, yeah, like, he would, that would fit, but. Yeah, he could use as much as he wants. Right. So, well, Bell Bellator going to Bellator, so. I, I, I have little interest in Josh Barnett the fighter or the person in the Euro or 2019 yeah um, I, I'm over it but he's he's gonna he's, you guarantee he's gonna headline an old Bellator heavyweight an old man Bellator heavyweight fight cause that's just what Bellator does like like, uh, like have you heard Josh Barnett recently uh, there, I saw some interview or something he did I guess after the Bellator signing, and I just made the decision to keep scrolling. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> let's put this like he fits right in with like your your Chael Sonnen's and Frank Mears and Tito Ortiz's when it comes to being on the mic nowadays. Yeah, that's no boy. We're gonna get some views. I'm not talking about ratings. I'm talking about like some point of views and woof. Yeah. Oh. I will pass on uh any any Barnett audio clips. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Uh, the last bit of fight announcements. Uh, PFL has made some more additions to their roster for 2019. Um, at heavyweight, they will have Satoshi Ishii. At light heavyweight, they have Jorge Gonzalez. Um, at featherweight, they'll be having Damon Jackson, which I'm looking forward to. He looked really good the last time I saw him. Um, also at featherweight, they'll have Jeremy Kennedy. At lightweight, they'll have Hani Torres. And at welterweight, they will have Chris Curtis. So these gentlemen will all be on PFL's uh, 2019 roster. Um, the PFL has more gold medalists than the UFC right now. <laughs> yes. Hey man, that's. I feel like that's just the new talking point. Like you, you have to have that in your. I mean, it, it helps, he, I guess, he, with ESPN, or like, oh, it's just a thing. Like 
But then they watch Satoshi Ishii and they're like, oh, judo is bullshit. <laughs> I mean, it gives the announcers like a good... that It always gives them a good talking point. Um, but, but one championship does it all the time. Like every fighter is a three-time world Muay Thai champion and they make sure that uh, you know about them. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite was when they were literally just starting and they just had like all the Egyptian fighters who were like national and international wushu champions <laughs> and it was like really clear that none of them have ever have ever done anything like athletic in their life ever let alone like compete in wushu competition <laughs> yeah. you gotta do something to add to the and it's like no. back it, it's like back in the day like when like in pro wrestling where like everybody was a former like all state record holder like right. amateur wrestler or discus thrower or whatever it just gotta add it it adds to the spice of the event and it draws you in to make you want to watch but like by the time you finish watching you're like oh this wasn't you know you probably you probably didn't leave with a good impression of wushu <laughs> after you saw some of those fights this guy was a, the indian wushu champion but no it turns out that he he, he fucking he's a carpenter he makes oh, chairs for a living they're all Frank Dukes. Oh, God. <laughs> Everybody's Frank Dukes. Uh, all right, to go back to some of these fight announcements real quick before we move to a, a news story. Um, Jones and Santos. I mean, Santos finally, you know, the combat god is getting his chance at, at, at you know, a chance to, to take the throne. Um you know, this is the one chance you really need to rip the hammer off the chest because you, you're definitely gonna need it. Um, I like ex- someone pointed this out on Twitter, but um, like if you if you look at it now, like half of Jones's like title defenses have been against middleweights. It's really bizarre because it's true. I mean, that's 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 what 205 has become. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I mean, I mean, like it, really. It's like it's gotten bigger, cause like, all right, you Anthony Smith and you got like Diego Santos are dudes who moved up, but like they're dudes who sh- probably should have been fighting at like light heavyweight the entire time. Then you got Sonnen, who, you know, that's a whole other yeah, thing. Yeah. You got like Bezor Belfort and Leo Machida and Rashad Evans, who were at one point, you know, the light heavyweight champions. I mean, really, I feel like middleweight and light heavyweight are just, like, the old dad land where everybody's just in limbo, and you, <laughs> like, it's like MMA purgatory, like, you're stuck in these old man divisions, and, I don't know, you either bulk up and get fat and move up, or you be the lean dad bod and you stay at 185 for as long as you there can. There are no lean dad bods at 185, man. Or, alright, may, may, lean is a strong lean word. Lean is a very strong <laughs> yes. word. You know, <laughs> you're, you're the athlete, you're, you got that dad bod where I can tell you used to compete, and you're still, like, strong, but you don't have abs anymore. Just... Like, there's the dads that don't do, like, any of the, like, the accessory work at the gym. They, they just right. go in and they do the lifts and then they leave. Right. right. No warm-up, no, no stretching, you just, like, straight, like, just straight up lifting and then gone. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what that is. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm really... I'm ecstatic that like Santos is getting a chance to just fight for a title. Um, 
You know what I honestly just want from this fight? I, I don't know how much of a chance Santos really has to win. To be honest, I don't want to see a methodical Santos like we saw in uh, uh, the Jan fight. I want to see Santos just go out there and just go for broke. I mean, that's the only way he wins. Yeah, just just throw. Like, don't caution to the wind. Like, like, like you got to close the distance on Jones and just, like, go just go hard. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> really, I, I feel like, like everybody... Had somebody who will just, like... He's just like, fuck it. I'm not yeah, going to the other way. At, at, at this point, like, Jones has fought a, a pretty good, like, variety of opponents. But everybody tries to go in and, like, implement some kind of game plan or, you know. Nobody ever really just went in there and just like, yo, I'm just going to just try to kill you. Like, like all respects in the world to Diego Santos, like, one of my favorites. But this man is not going to outthink Jones. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, that's just not. <laughs> Jones is arguably the well in the cage at least the, one of the smartest fighters of all time yeah you're not gonna out game plan or yeah that's not gonna happen so you use what got you here it's just brute strength and reckless just... abandonment and a total disregard for what actually works in mma right <laughs> i, I want to and... see some like spinning freaking i, I want to see some rolling thunders like just some kicks. like one-handed capoeira like, cartwheel kicks. Right. <laughs> I need overhand rights that are just flying from all these weird angles that don't make sense. Just go out there and just just empty the tank in the first round. Just 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 go, just go for it because that out of like just, that hasn't happened to Jones yet. Like I, 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 like that like and to be honest, like the speed difference is where all his advantages because like. For all the success that, uh, for the one-sidedness that um, was the Smith Jones fight, like when Smith actu- when Smith actually threw the overhand right, he touched Jones. Like it, 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 it wasn't like er- uh, he didn't land with earth-shattering power or anything, but he touched him. It's something. Yeah. So just just go for broke Tiago, man. Like. No, a loss to Jones is no shame, but just go out there. Just go out on the sword and shield. This is the one fight where I'm encouraging just all-out, mindless, brainless violence. Just throw until you can't, until you just can't. Until anymore. the lights are out, man. Right. <laughs> just, just, just go for broke. That's that's all. I think that's all. Any of anybody who's a Santos fan, I think that's all we can really ask for at this point. And you know, maybe it'll work. I don't know. I need you know, to drop Jones once. Right. <laughs> Let me think for a second that you're going to win so I can just jump out of my seat. I just need to show that Thiago Santos was able to do it. All these other fighters have never been able to do. Right. Like, put him down one good time. You don't even got to really hurt him. Just like a flash knockdown or something, you know? Right. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I'm excited for that fight, though. That is... I'm I'm glad that Santos is one of those guys you you just you just you gotta root for him. You gotta you gotta hope somehow he can pull this off. Chances aren't too high, but hey man, we we never know. You never know with that kind of power. Good good things can happen. Not saying they will, but there, there's a chance. Um, and I guess real quick to skate over some of these other fights, uh, cause really this this two thirty nine card, man, there's some heat on here. Um. Nunez and Holm. I saw people who were kind of mixed about this fight. Um, it's mostly terms, because just of... Holly Holm just keeps finding herself in title fights. Right. <laughs> I didn't realize how many she's gotten until I went and like looked at her record. Like, oh, she does. I don't know how she gets them, but she's, she always finds her way up there. 
Um, well, she was one of the few women willing to fight at 145. Basically it. Like, I'm, I'm sure they offered other women. Like, she, she's, oh, she's like, what, one in three in title fights? But, like, one was a defense. So, like, are you really going to count that? Um, you know, she, she got the chance against Jermaine Deronomy because, you know, for whatever reason, Cyborg wasn't ready. Um, if I remember, I, I think that's what it was. Cyborg wasn't ready and they didn't, um, and then Jermaine Deronomy refused to fight Cyborg and then that's how they ended up with her first Cyborg at 219. Like, and it is what it is, right? Yeah. Well, I, whether she deserves the title shot or not, that's one thing, but I, I do like, I, I, this is a matchup I've kind of always wanted to see of how Nunez's aggression would work against Holmes, like, counter-striking to see if who just really gets the better of that um and i mean we've, we've seen that if home can take a shot from cyborg i mean I'm, I'm not recommending you just go out there and try to take shots from nunez because we've seen obviously that don't turn out too well but <laughs> like home is game enough that i think she can make this a competitive fight i i just don't know if i don't know if she wins it but um I'm, but i'm also interested to see if somehow if she can get out of, like, the first two to three rounds, because she has the tank to go all five. And I'm wondering if maybe she could, like, turn it up late. I, I think it's an interesting matchup. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I, I, I don't know what type of Nunes we're going to get in this fight. Like, if it's the Nunes that fought Valentino Shevchenko, I think Holmes stands a pretty good chance of actually winning. Because she's a way more active um, than Shinseko, but she that but her style is just way more susceptible to like. I'm just gonna step in, close distance, and land this overhand right on you. You feel me? Right. Um. So not uh, like this is really it's an interesting dynamic. Um. It's potentially Amanda Nunes' last fight. She's or she's saying you know if I beat Holly Holm, who's really left. Uh, it's time to retire. So, um, Caitlin Vieira will rise from the ashes. I, I, <laughs> Lord knows where the hell she is. <laughs> she tore her ACL and she's been gone since like 2017 or whatever. Um, you know, and who knows if Aspen Lad's gonna be able to make weight? Like, there, there's no telling anymore. Um, yeah, so we're, we're kind of stuck, like. Yeah, that division is. So, with probably get another <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, she just signed that six fight deal, and so. Yeah. Yes. We'll be seeing a lot more of her and more title shots. She'll, she'll, she'll be back. They'll probably run back Holly Holm versus Jermaine Deronomy for <clears throat> the title. Lord. That'll be another catastrophe. All I can think about for JDS and Ganu is that if Nganu, like, knocks JDS out the way he did Overeem, I might not ever be able to forgive him. Um. <laughs> it's hard. I'm going to, like... I'm struggling with... Theory, off a style, I think JDS is a nightmare for Nganu. Like, somebody who will attack his body... Will not stay in front of him. Right. Will move. Uh, doesn't have to bully him like an overeem to like get his style across and does 
and who's like quick enough to like not be evasive but like who can do a little bit what Stipe did with like mixing things up and yeah, uh, creating his own openings on Ingan who's still not really like technically all there same time as heavyweight and a guy who could literally just catch JDS with like the, his pinky right <laughs> and his head would just <laughs> and it's only gonna take one it's only gonna take one of those yeah that's 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 an interesting heavyweight fight cause J- JDS has he has so many more tools I think at his disposal but what Nganu has just it's literally just that one shot, one kill kind of power. Like, you just, you can never be safe. You can never be comfortable. You could die at any second. JDS could be winning this fight for up until the last 10 seconds, and he might get blasted, and it'll all be over. I'm going to be a nervous wreck that entire fight. (laughs) 30 seconds of it. Right. (laughs) Because the thing is, I don't think... In his current, uh, I, I don't think JDS knocks out Engano. So if he wins, it's a, it's yeah, probably it, it, yeah, it's a, a it, wait, that's at two thirty nine, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a fifteen minute affair. So we'll we'll see. That's that's gonna be a it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a scary fight. And real quick before we move on to the next story, uh, so, so who do I marais? Um, just, just quick thoughts. I'm not as down on it as everybody else is. Like, the, like, talk shit about, you know, Dillashaw looking like death all you want. So, Udo went out there and knocked out the dude who was the 135 champion. Um, like, I, I'm, I'm just sick of the seesawing with the flyweight division. Like, they're so tug-in-cheek. Just make up your fucking mind, because it seems like you already have. Yeah, because obviously, yeah, when I saw this matchup, I was like, oh, they... 125 has to be done. Like, this, this to me was, this, this is the death note. Like, this, this is the last nail in the coffin. Especially if Cejudo wins this. Like, it, it has to be over. Anything is if Cejudo wins, there's a good chance he doesn't make 135 ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, there's a good chance he just comes in his next fight overweight. Like, right. Uh, and then we have that whole situation again. Yeah. Um, like, I think it's a fine matchup. Like, you're not going to convince me that like, uh, Mares versus Pedro Munoz would have been a better one. You know what I mean? Yeah. This this has potential, I think, to be more to be more fun. But I'm... I, I got my rights cleaning them. Not cleaning them as in, like, this is going to be a super one-sided blowout. But cleaning them as in, I think Marais is going to finish them, and it's not going to look pretty. Like, because I don't think Cejudo knocks. I don't think Cejudo knocks. He's. I don't think he's going to pull it off what he did on TJ on Marais. I. I don't see it. But I, I, I don't know. I, I can see Cejudo not ducking, but like walking into a hectic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Main Sterling or something like that. Yeah, I I think like Cejudo's gonna. It might be one of those fights where Cejudo's doing good until he's just not anymore. Um, but I don't know. We'll 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 see. Uh, I I do like the matchup, but like you, I don't. I don't like what this means for for one thirty five. It to me, the writing's on the wall, and it's just one thirty five had enough problems with TJ, and now it's just you know. 
I, I don't know. I don't know. Weird, weird situation. But it, at least that out of this, we'll have a new champ because the belt was vacated. So at least TJ didn't hold it up in that way. So we'll, we'll have a new champ at the end. Um, and that champion just goes on and right and I, right and it actually fights like contenders we don't get a bunch of rematches there are plenty of people at 35 you know it's not like this is a division that's lacking talent so pl- plenty of people down there who you know could put themselves in line for title shots but um yeah that's that's it for fight matchups a lot of good <laughs> a lot of good fights um, coming up in the next coming months. So the one news story, well, I- I'll let you handle this one. Uh, this is a doozy. Yeah. So, um, well, should we start with Conor McGregor retired? I'm, I'm, both stories are connected. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. <laughs> I, I mean, this is pretty clearly, like, the, the, all right. So, like. I want to say we should start at the beginning, and I guess that's where, um, for like the past four months, there's been a pretty, I can't, like, it's not been a secret, it's been floating around, like, all, if you follow MMA online, you know, you've, you've known about this in some context, um, so back in December, uh, Conor McGregor was allegedly arrested by the, um, what are they called? The Irish Guard, people, Guardia, La Guardia. I think uh, it's Guardia, something like that. I'm, I'm just calling them Guard. The Irish Guard, the 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 co- in connection with a sexual assault at a um, what was it? A hotel that he was known like it's a hotel bar scenario where he was known to frequent uh, near his home, like where he grew up. Um. Because he was not charged with anything, and the, they were investigating into the situation. As far as I know, he still hasn't been charged with anything. Um, you know, he he was released basically the same day. Um, they're still investigating the uh, everything. From what I've heard, he was there that day. Uh, like it was confirmed by hotel staff and everything. Um, oh, sorry. <clears throat> But um, this this rumor's been floating around for months. It was reported in, what was it, The Guardian? Or Irish Times or something like that. That a Irish sports star was arrested in connection with sexual assault. The rumor was immediately linked to McGregor because, it's, like I said, it's near where he grew up. It was a known, like, frequent visitor of the establishment. Um, but nothing, nothing has been confirmed until this past week when a New York Times story broke. Um, connecting Conor McGregor to the arrest, um, and like I said, I can't, we can't even say charges, because there have been no official charges, uh, levied against McGregor, but, um, it just so happens it was the same day that, uh, McGregor decided to announce his retirement. At really early in the morning, too. Which was weird. That and like it, <laughs> it, it wasn't even like a long, like heartfelt. It was like, hey guys, I'm out of here. Yeah, and like, and like initially, like, and this is strange for a bunch of reasons. Um, 
Um, oh god, this is such a fucking messy ass web. Um, it for start well for starters he announces like like was he still in Miami or was he in Ireland and that would explain why he announces so damn early in the morning. Um, but uh, like a week or two prior, he was talking about how he was in. The negotiations for his next fight in June or July or something were going great. Um, that he was basically getting everything he wanted. And, you know, they were just looking for an opponent and a date, like a definite date. Um, and like I said, the, the, like from the sound of it, the New York Times went to his camp for a comment. And then kind of decided that, you know, I'm not going to be fighting in these conditions and then I'm, yeah. I'm out and it from the sound of it it sounds like the ufc was in on it I, like i'm sure the new york times went to the ufc for a comment and uh the ufc and mcgregor got their their shit in order um yeah and i i, I say this because dana white immediately uh was immediately um So, if your biggest star retires in the middle of contract negotiations, what is your first thought process, especially one who's as dramatic as Conor McGregor? Yeah, mostly if, if if I'm Dana, yeah, because he I didn't really think about it till now. He seemed really like I ain't gonna say he should have freaked out, but well, he should have been like, oh, no, we're still negotiating, right? Like, like, like yeah, you'd have been like, all right, like pump the brakes, obviously, like. So, like, there are two ways you handle that. You go, no comment, or you know, like, or you just outright call him on his bluff and be like, yeah, no, he'll be back when he he right. needs money, or you know, like, we're still we're still trying to work out. Like, we'll find a way to to get him back. Yeah, like this right. is kind of being Connor. You, you know, pay him no mind. Like, it's it's that type of thing. Like, because you know, it's like a negotiation tactic. Um, Dana's response was basically, he's making all this money. He's got the whiskey now. You know, he doesn't need to fight anymore. He doesn't He's... need to fight anymore. But, like, just leave it alone at that. And the quickness with which he put out that statement to um to Junkie, who, if we're being fair, they are... MMA Junkie is kind of just like the UFC's official mouthpiece. Unofficial mouthpiece. A lot of... They, they, they get a lot of stories that or quotes from Dana that just kind of read as a, you know, like they, yeah. they, they read that way. Um, th- this sounded like a coordinated, uh, response to get responsibility. Like the UFC doesn't have to take an action because Conor McGregor is now retired. That that's where my head's at. You know what I mean? They, they don't have to be like, we're investigating in this situation. They don't have to say, oh, um, you know, we're going to suspend Connor indefinitely until we get to the bottom of of all this shit. They can just be like, you know what? He's retired. It's officially his problem. And like six months from now, when this goes away or it dies down or Connor gets cleared or whatever, they're free to bring him back. Because as far as I know, he hasn't even withdrawn from the USADA pool yet. Yeah, the, the, to me, this kind of 
like I said, the, the timing of everything is just kind of convenient. Like, I'm just going to conveniently retire, and then, like, a day later. Not even a day. <laughs> yeah. Six like, hours later. Right. The allegations just kind of... They're, just confirmed, kinda, they're, just... they're confirmed by, like, the New York Times. Like, right. This was, like, kind of seemed new, that, like, because... So, if you're a journalist, you you obviously you reach out to the team and ask for a comment before you publish a story. That's how a lot. That's how you see a lot of these media types or public figures like they will come out ahead of time with like a, a, a something to counteract with, with whatever's in the news. You feel me? Right. This this to me just says like, all right, we knew this was coming down the pipe. Let's uh. We gotta clean this up first, and then we can, we can come back at a later date. Cause there's no way Connor was just like gonna up and just, you know. You're not skedaddling that quick out of nowhere unless you knew something was, you know. Like like you said, this has been a rumor for months, so I'm pretty sure like. And Connor of all people is very aware of what people are saying about him. And right, like right. E- even Like, not even in the wider context, but in, like, the actual MMA sphere. Like, our tiny bubble where uh, we know everything that's going on, or we think we know everything that's going on anyway. So, like, he obviously knew this was coming. I'm, I don't think he thought the New York Times would probably get involved. Um, or be the ones to break the story. I, I am kind of curious, though, why it takes, like, four months to investigate this type of thing. Yeah, because I was going to... Well, have they have they even um, mentioned, like, a, the victim? Has any story... Like, because I, I feel like all I've heard is, like, allegations of, like, the crime. Like, it was a sexual assault. But I haven't heard, like, any, like, story stories. Like, this happened this day and he said this and he did that like i haven't haven't seen any of that um I, from what i've seen like they've like they've been keeping this airtight like ireland has really strict privacy laws like there's a reason like why nobody was able to confirm why this was kind of mcgregor is because they could get no one to say so on record but at the same time apparently um the guard is like, you know, if you know somebody in the guard, you know, basically, what they know, because, you know, same thing as knowing a cop. Like, you know, they are very much about gossip. Right. Um, I, I, I'm really, like, I don't think we actually have, okay, here it is. The woman making the allegations said they occurred at the Beacon Hotel, an establishment at Satchel Business Park on the edge of Dublin. There is little to suggest that it, was a, uh, it would be a haunt for one of Ireland's best-known sports uh, figures, a multimillionaire with a loyal global fan base. McGregor is a, uh, an occasional guest there, usually booking its sole penthouse, according to a person with knowledge of the situation. <clears throat> the last and most recent visit occurred in December. Um, uh, it's called the Garde or Garde or whatever. Um, mm, 
Nope, it's not like it. Let's see. Uh, still, people familiar with the hotel operation speaking on the condition on the, of on the, uh, anonymity. Um, Sam McGregor had visited before the uh, before the night. The police say the incident took place. He booked the hotel's penthouse, the only two room suite in the facility. Police investigating the attack retrieved evidence from the room. McGregor stated and also secured closed circuit camera footage, according to a person with knowledge of the investigation. The McGregor's wealth, Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, so is that footage of like what happened, or just like footage, so they can prove like he was there? I believe it's the latter. I don't think like if it doesn't even say like where this took place. It doesn't say if it took place in a room, if it took place at like a hotel bar or some type of deal. Oh, it was from RTE. That was where the memo leaked from. Um. Yeah, no, it's not saying anything about, like, anything about the incident. Well, I guess, like you said, you know, they they definitely do a good job of keeping everything airtight, because if this, if this was anybody else over in America, oh, we, we would have known, uh, or, or at least there would have been some theories. and We'd be on Twitter and Dana Way and the UFC to release right. footage. Right, yeah. Like, like we, does a good job, or, yeah, good right. or whatever the hell his name is. Um, yeah, yeah it, it'd be a, it'd be a much bigger, bigger deal. And the thing is, people can't spec. You can't speculate on what you don't know. Like at this point, we just know like there are allegations. Something may or may not have happened, but nobody. I would say nobody knows anything. But the people who do know aren't really. You know, we're we're not privy to that information at least right I, now. I, yeah, so. like I'm still really curious. What like three or four months later, like why this. Yeah, like why this took. So, well, not even like oh. why it took so long to get out. Like I get that. Like you're 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 still dealing with like, you know, foreign laws and stuff like that. And like this, like combat sports is slow. Like anything that doesn't have to do with like purses or like in ring stuff is really slow. The bubble to the the top, like, um, John Oliver did a piece on um professional wrestling this past weekend talking about like how the WWE gets away with not basically providing like healthcare for its wrestlers and this has been the business practice in the WWE since like ever like they're all independent contractors but they're also not allowed to compete like it's Stuff like this is really slow. To, like when it's not on ESPN or in your local paper every week, it's really slow to like make mainstream waves. right media. Yeah, yeah. always it still hasn't. Um, yeah, the, the, I want to say the story went away just as quickly as it can, but like that's you, one, one of the benefits of being like an athlete or an athlete that doesn't compete like eighty times a year. All right, your name isn't. He's a, he's a major star, but MMA still is kind of a small bubble in the grand scheme of things. So what's major, I guess, like in our little our little corner of the world, you know, he's no LeBron James, he's no Tom Brady. Right. If this was LeBron James, there'd be segments right. running. About you wouldn't hear every. You wouldn't hour hear the end of this until it it actually ended. Like, and even then, some like right. 
like Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather and anybody else who achieves any level modicum of like success in this in in this side of like sports like it's more freak show than it's more spectacle and freak show than sporting competition no like I, I, like I hate to say it like that but like that that's what it, like that's what it comes down to like I, I really do think like people kind of expect this type of behavior like and, yeah. and I don't mean like you know they they think MMA fighters are like you know people like, like people who go out there and like sexually assault women maybe they do but like it is a, it has, it has a stigma they, 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 they expect carnies Right, what right, I'm getting at. Like, right. Like, they expect you to be closer to someone like, I don't know, um, Randy Savage than to someone like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or... Yeah, it's not, it's not a, it's, when you think of MMA, you, you're not thinking of a clean-cut crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. You're, you're thinking of two multimillionaires staying on the cage, throwing money in the air... In like, it's, it's, it's the it's the ultimate bro sport. That's that's pretty much it's it's the ultimate bro sport. That's 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 pretty much the the image that I, I, the average person would get. Um, I mean it's it's kind of hard to really comment on this story because everything is like so airtight, and there's not like a ton of really specific details to go on. Yeah, and that's um, a huge part of it. Like we still we don't even know like what the story is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody. No. There's no other than what we just really told you guys there isn't much else really <laughs> out there unless you were like in ireland there's not a lot to really go on so we can't really like it unless you were literally in the beacon that night yeah we yeah we don't know what happened there there are no theories to go on no stories no hearsay it's just at, at this point it is just one of them stories you just kind of got to wait until the facts eventually come out and just make a judgment call from there but yeah, him retiring and this, then this coming out was not a coincidence. They definitely had to have known, like, this might become a thing, so we probably need to, you know. You you, you don't want to be negotiating a fight in the middle of a rape allegation. So right. You probably need to take care of that, get that You want to be off. promoting a fight. Right. right. While you have a, yeah, that's, that's not, not a good look. Um, yeah, no, um. Like this is like I I I I think the UFC ugh, I can't even say it in in this context um because it just seems like dirty but um so you know I'm gonna just leave that alone about like whether the UFC needs McGregor or anything because they don't yeah the the UFC doesn't quote unquote need the the sport was here before him. It'll be here well after he's gone. I mean, sure, they, they definitely benefit from him, and he, you know, he is the cash cow. He is like that guy. But it's not like if McGregor is gone, then the sport just dies. And if you're one of those people, and the sport dies for you because he's gone, then I don't think you were ever really a fan in the first place, to be honest. Uh, be some, <laughs> like, here's the thing: there'll be somebody else. There, there's, yeah, there, there's, there's always, always another, another guy. guy. Like before it was Silva and GSP and people were like who's going to replace them and then along came Ronda and McGregor and maybe it takes longer to find somebody else but you know, we get yep, we, yeah. we get there because 
there, there's too, there, people like fighting. Like, there's just too many people who, even if they're not like us and they sit through entire fucking cards from seven corners of the earth. Right. <laughs> like, they, they, they want to vicariously live through who they think is the baddest person on the planet. Yeah. There's, yeah, there, there's always another guy. There's always next up. But, you know, we'll keep an eye on that situation as details come out, as sparingly as they are coming out. But, uh, I, you uh, know, I'll make one last note. Like, there, like here's the thing. There was an incident. Um, McGregor's spokesperson even mentioned as much. So this is, like, because I, I do see the occasional, like, McGregor fanatic who is just like, this is nothing... Like, nothing happened. It's, um... You know, just denying the whole thing. Right. Like, in general. Um, there, there, there was an incident. It does not mean, you know... Doesn't mean the worst happened, but... But... There, 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 there's a reason there's an investigation. And I'm assuming right. there's a reason it's been three solid months in the making... Right, and there's a reason you had to retire, quote unquote, <laughs> because of this. So, something happened. No, to the extent, we'll have to find out, but something happened, um, and we'll just, you know, we'll just have to wait and see whatever that is. But yeah, so that that was a situation uh, that happened, and Porzingis has the same kind of thing going on, but we're not gonna get into that because that is. That we say that for uh, the NBA podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes! Yikes! All I can say that that that's a messy, messy situation. But let's talk about some fights because there are a lot of them, a ton, a, a horde. Guess <laughs> how many I watch? <laughs> I, I was just gonna pre- like heads up. I had a family reunion this past weekend in Delaware. Happened to be um, the same time as UFC Fight Night Philadelphia, or whatever the fuck it was called. Um, so I did not see that card live. And uh, my plans ended up changing, so I had to drive home on Sunday in the middle of the day. And driving makes me really tired, so I immediately just fell, fell asleep. And I've only watched like six fights. This past, on this past weekend. <laughs> I, I, I've seen some highlights and some clips here and there from one and the UFC and a little bit from Bellator. Um, I got to see most... Uh, I got to see, you know, the UFC fights that I wanted to see for the most part. Um, so, you know... I, you're, well, in theory, we should be... It, it should go by quickly. Because... Yeah, I mean, and and still, even with the six that, you know, you watch, between us both, we still pretty much saw everything. Because I was, I was in rare form this week. Um, <laughs> I it was a fight-watching machine. Oh, yeah. I was, I was on it. Um, I even set my alarm at 5.45 a.m., even though one started at 5.30, well, the main car did, but I had to give myself, like, that extra 15 minutes of sleep. You know, like, when you, uh set the alarm on your your phone and it tells you how many hours of sleep you're gonna get like first it said like 420 and i was like no nah, i need a little higher so i had to go to like 435 <laughs> like that actually made a difference but uh <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I ran off for four hours of sleep, and I woke up really early to watch one. But, yeah, I, I was in rare form this week, man. I, I watched everything that I could. Um, so we'll start with Bellator, which uh, we'll kind of just breeze through because, you know, there are just so many fights to talk about, so we can't spend a ton of time on everything. Um, but we'll do Bellator, then I'm going to completely nerd out about one championship because it was amazing. It was everything I thought it was going to be. Um, poor Eddie Alvarez, but we'll get to that. Um, and then, we'll, you know, we'll obviously close out with uh, UFC Philly card, uh, Gaethje and Barbosa. But, uh, real quick, uh, Bellator had a card that went down this weekend. Uh, this was Bellator 219. It was originally supposed to be headlined by Korshkov and Larkin, but... Larkin got injured, so Korshkov got to face Michael Jasper, but he didn't get the main event slot, <laughs> which I'm just now realizing. They took his main event slot from him, uh, but for good reason. Bumped up, promoted to the main event was uh, Brandon Gertz and Sada Wad. Uh, so quick uh, disclaimer, I watched this card, but I didn't re-watch any of these fights. Um, so I'll just start from the top. Brandon Gertz and Sada Wad was actually a really awesome fight. Um, I thought Awad looked really good in those first couple rounds. He was bouncing around, had a lot of movement. Um, they both were landing. It, it, this fight went the way I think most people thought it would. Um, but I thought Awad looked really good in the first couple rounds. I want to say almost that I thought Awad won this fight. But like I said, I didn't get a chance to rewatch it. Because I'm seeing the scores and like Gertz got a 30-27, which I think is crazy. There's no way he won every single round. But it was an awesome fight, nonetheless. Um, go on the Bellator uh, app or on the website. You can rewatch it. It was a really awesome fight. Um, dude just went back and forth. You know, it, it was a Gertz and a Wad fight. It, it went kind of the way you would picture it going in your head. Um, Daniel Strauss moving on to the co-main event for Shane Crutchin. Um, this is actually at lightweight. Um, cool to just see Strauss back in the cage because he's coming back from that motorcycle accident, and that was a whole situation, and they didn't know if he was going to fight again, um, but he came back, um, you know, just looked like he was just trying to get his, you know, his feet back under him, um, I think he, he dropped Crushing with, like, a left, it was a really slick, because I think he slipped the punch, and then he caught Crushing with a left, um, ended up choking him out, so it was just awesome to see Strauss, like, back in the cage, he was really emotional after he won, because, you know, he's, last, these last couple years, it's, been like really 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 rough for him so it was cool to just see him come back on the stage get a nice win get a finish um and i think he said no he's, he's definitely going back to 45 he just took this at lightweight but um you know he's, he's trying to get another title run going but that, that was a good performance go back and watch that uh Korshkoff and jasper uh I, I think this was jazz i don't know if it was jasper's bellator debut i think it was might be wrong though but um it you know, one of those fights where you just realize, like, it's levels to this. Korshkov was just kind of better all around. But I, I give Jasper credit. Like, I think this was his debut. And for Korshkov to be, like, a first opponent, that's that's a that's tough. That's <laughs> that's a hard outing. Um, and, I mean, he, he, he made it competitive. It wasn't – Korshkov did get 30-27s across the board. But, like, when you watch the fight, it wasn't like it was a super wash. Like, he killed Jasper, had him knocked, and – you know, almost dead every round, but, you know, Korshkov is just Korshkov, like, he's just, he's the top guy for a reason, and, you know, it is what it is, and then, closing out the main card, uh, Joe Schilling versus Keith Berry, um, it was cool in this fight, just to see, I mean, it looks like Schilling has been working on his ground game, he was able to get out of some bad spots, 
Um, did pretty good with the striking. Wasn't really a crazy fight, but, you know, it is what it is. So, Joe Schilling got that W. Um, I didn't watch any of the prelims, but uh, just some fights that maybe might interest people. Janae Harding beat Marina. How do you say her last name? Malknatika. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to butcher that no matter how many times I try. But Janae Harding won a unanimous decision. Uh, David Rickles came down in his Austin 316 gear. He knocked out AJ Matthews. Um, and Sean Bunch defeated uh, Dominic Mazzotta via unanimous decision. Um, so go back. You can watch the Bellator card. Uh, you know, either watch it on the zone or you can watch it on Bellator.com. Either or. Uh, the main card was pretty good, though. So I would at least recommend uh, go watch Gertz and Awad because that was awesome. And watch Strauss and Crutchin if you're a Strauss fan. It'll, it'll put a smile on your face. It's really funny because AJ Matthews was going to fight like Gagar Masasi. At one point, like not officially, but like that—that that was the plan. Like you do the Masasi Carvalho fight, and then AJ Matthews would fight. Uh, would fight like the winner, or he'd get a fight and then fight the winner. And then he went to Ryzen and got his, like his shit beat up, and he's just been on a slump ever since. Yeah, and they threw him on the prelim prelims. <laughs> Post limbs. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah the, the post ones. Yeah. Does Bellator realize that they run on Fridays and that nobody oh. wants to be there? So I'm I'm just now clicking a dot in my head that because this is labeled post preliminary. Because when I watched this on the zone, um, I wanted to see Gertz and Awad. So when I went to the stream, because they they don't normally the first stream they put up is just a card and hole. So when I went to the stream, I immediately scrolled to the end because I wanted to see Gertz and Awad, not knowing that. Wanted <laughs> to see uh, Sumi Right. This is Eugene Carrera. I fast forward to the end. I'm like, who is this Joe Schmo guy on my screen? Who Who is this high school wrestling coach? Get out of here. <laughs> so yeah, that was weird. I've never heard of post limbs like that. <laughs> they make sure the audience doesn't leave during the main event when it's just two random dudes that is crazy um (laughs) yeah that that was wild but that was bellator 219 um like i said go back and watch on the app the main the main card is at least worth a watch prelims i I can't say one way or another there were a couple of finishes some ko's so i don't know maybe those were good but i didn't see them so i can't really speak on them um but the main card i think was at least worth a watch especially gertz in a while that was a pretty good fight um, so that was Bellator 219. Uh, moving on, man. One championship, a new era. I was really hyped for this card. Um, like I said, I, I set my alarm. I thought I was going to miss this card because I thought it was actually Friday going into Saturday. But it was Saturday going into Sunday, which was great because I'm off on Sundays. Because I was, I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to see this card in real time. But I set my alarm Saturday night. Uh, for 5.45 a.m., and uh, off of four hours of sleep, I woke up, got on the app, put the phone in my face, and I just watched Greatness. Um, Dude, what? Like, you watched this on the Bleacher Report app, right? No, they had it on the one app, too. Right, so you didn't have to... Because I thought the whole point of the Bleacher Report thing was so you paid to watch it. Oh, no. Mm, I, I paid nothing. <laughs> so, the... 
the deal with Bleacher Report was literally nothing then because you could still watch the whole damn thing for free. That's the thing. I, yeah, I don't. I still don't really know. Like I don't. Well, yeah, I, I don't know what the the Bleacher Report. Like I, I don't know. I spend every card trying to figure out like what the I even hell saw people on they Twitter they <laughs> right? like, I don't like they get to like they they get to run their cards <laughs> on their app. They get to run their cards on like TNT for an hour. What like at four thirty on a Tuesday morning? Like what the hell? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, every every one card because I saw a lot of confusion on Twitter too because people in the U.S. we like a lot of them because when the initial card announcement came out, like they made it clear how people overseas were gonna watch it, but nobody knew in America like, are right, are we on the app? Are we on Bleach Report? Like, what's going on? But no, nah, this this actually was on the it, I think it was on Bleach Report and it was on the app. Okay, so. That explains why they uploaded a lot of those fights to um the the YouTube YouTube, YouTube channel. Yeah, so fast because no, yeah, normally they wait a couple days. Um, but yeah, the, the one championship new era. I mean, if you're in the know, if you pay attention to one championship, you've known for a while that this card was like a really big deal. Um, a lot going down, a lot of, you know, this was the premiere of DJ and Eddie Alvarez and they, they threw all the stars in on this card. And I'm not saying this just because I love one, but this was easily to me the best card this weekend. Like from, I think Barboza Gaethje was like the moment of the weekend but in terms of just good fights from top to bottom, this easily was better than the Barboza Gaethje card, and it was definitely better than the Bellator card. Um, I'll try not to spend too much time because I, you know, I, I think you, you said you saw some highlights. I, I, I saw Eddie die. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> we'll get to we'll get to Eddie in a little bit because other than that, it's really just going to be me nerding out about how good this card was. But I'll say that just in general, like if you didn't get a chance to watch uh, one championship, a new era, please go back and watch this card. It is, I can't speak on the prelims because I didn't. I've only watched one of them, and I need to go back and watch more because Rod Tang fought and May Yamaguchi fought, and I got to check them out. But um, the main card was was super fire, man. Um, main event, Shinya Aoki, Edward Foliang, um. This actually might have been one of the few fights that I didn't go back and rewatch, probably because it only lasted um, around. But um, man, hey, I mean, hey, this was just kind of an Aoki fight. Like he came in, he 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 just he went to work real quick. He did Aoki things. We we know what his game plan is. It's no mystery as to what Aoki's trying to do. Um, and he just went and got an arm triangle choke in the first round. <laughs> it was funny because I heard. People on Twitter were saying that the um, the translator like butchered his uh, post fight speech uh, when he was translating because apparently there was a whole section where he mentioned that he destroyed his house and the the translator just like completely just didn't even say it like <laughs> apparently there was some wild, some wild stuff going on in that speech and they just like omitted it out. Um, Chatry's like I imagine that has something to do with Chatry's continued push that one is where true martial artists go and that the West has ruined the spirit of martial arts. And Shinya Aoki's out here throwing water bottles at like Tetsuya Kawajiri at Rising yeah. <laughs> Whipping people off in the in the ring and like, you know, breaking people's arms and apparently destroying his own house. Yeah, they can't uh they can't promote that kind of savagery, that that realness. I mean, it's not like there were in Japan where everybody understood what the hell he said. 
<laughs> but uh, nah, man, Aoki winning. He's now uh, I think it's the second time he's had the lightweight title. Yes. Um. So that's that's the third. I think it's the second. I think it's the second. But either way, like he he's a multiple champion in one. Um. No, he's getting older in his career, but he's still, you know, in terms of one, competing with the top guys, and he's, he's got a belt again. Um, so that's that was just an awesome way to to, to cap the card, um, and it was a quick, <laughs> it was a really quick fight. It didn't last that long, um, so you can go back and rewatch that. Uh, the co-main event, man, uh, Zhang Jingnan and Angela Lee. This was probably, this was probably the fight I was, like, most hyped to see, um, this fight went, the person who I thought would win did win, but it the, the way the fight played out was not how I saw at all, but probably a bad analysis on my part. I probably shouldn't have been super surprised. Um, Zhao Jingnan, um, really just strong, <laughs> strong weight, like really powerful. Angela Lee coming up from Adam weight. Um, I was like, I don't know if she's gonna be able to deal with the power. I just want to point but, out, Angela Lee's not like. Yeah, I, I, and I know where you're going, and I realized that as soon as they started fighting, like when they had the face off, I was like, oh, Angela Lee's actually bigger than she. Angela is. Lee's a <laughs> fighter in one who's allowed to cut weight. <laughs> like, Angela, I mean, I know Angela Lee's like, it, compared to the other women, like she's she's taller than most of the other ones, but like, she was definitely bigger. <laughs> like way bigger <laughs> than Jingnan was, so I was like, "Oh, now, now I know what the anti school's talking about. She is huge." Yeah, no, she is. the The fact that like she is a decent sized straw weight, like she is not. She has no atom weight. Like I, yeah, like yeah. I, I don't know. Like maybe it's because she was like when they when they weren't allowing weight cuts, she was like one oh five or whatever. But by the time she was champ, like, dude, there was no way she was not cutting significant weight to make, like, 1 and 15. Right. <laughs> but, um, nah, this, this fight, man, Angela Lee just seems to, just seems to find herself in just, the, like, the Mei Yamaguchi fight was, like, a classic, and this is right up there, man. Um, she looked really good in... Pretty much like ninety percent of this fight, man. She was really she was moving well. Her striking looked really improved. Um, what I didn't take into, I guess, like my breakdown, the way I thought this fight would go, is that like Angela Lee is much more well rounded. Um, Zhao Jingnan, like she can wrestle. She she's a power hitter, but you know Angela Lee, her striking has been getting better. But she also has like a pretty slick ground game. So Angela Lee just seemed to have way more tools in the toolbox for the first couple rounds. But Jingnan wasn't going away. Like, she was getting hit. She was getting taken down, getting out of bad spots. Angela Lee was definitely winning, but Jingnan was not going away. And the turning point in the fight was in the fourth round where after Angela Lee's, like, she's looking really good, everything's going well. In the fourth round, she goes for this um this arm bar and... I don't know how Jingnan got out of this because Angela Lee put her mind, body, and soul <laughs> into this armbar. And Jingnan just somehow found a way to get out of it. And I think Lee, that that energy she spent on that armbar, that was just the last... That was just like the last bit of energy she had in her. 
because the fifth round started and she was just she was so flat like she everything she had she put into that armbar and when she didn't get it man um Jing Nan like I said she didn't go away in the fight and she poured it on Lee in the first round like Lee wasn't really moving that well she just started like putting her back against the cage and Jing Nan just started lighting her up like all those punches that weren't landing in the first couple rounds or that Lee was able to take she couldn't take them she was getting tagged and then Jing Nan started doing body work and that was kind of the beginning of the end she caught uh Lee with like a straight right down to the body and Lee just kind of like, ugh. Like, she gave one of them crumples, and she just backed up, and Jing Nan just started just just blasting her. Just headshots, body shots. She kicked her in the stomach, like, twice. And then the ref calls it off, and Jing Nan just pulls off this crazy comeback. Um, amazing fight. Definitely one of the best fights this year. Um... Just amazing, amazing fight. Can't say enough good things about that one. So go go back and, and watch uh, Zhang Jingnan versus Angel Lee. Just amazing fight and great comeback from Jingnan. They're just hanging there for the entire fight and then find a way to end it um, in the fifth when it really counted. And moving on to the next fight, Ong La Song and Ken Hasegawa. Uh, this was a rematch from their fight that happened was that 2018. That was last year, right? I get my years mixed. Was it the year? It was either last, it was either last year or the year before. Whatever year it was, I had it in my honorable mentions of, of fight of the year. Um, this fight was not like the first one. It was it wasn't a back and forth barn burner. Um, Ong the Song was pretty sharp in this fight. Hasegawa had moments, but Ong the Song was able to put pressure on him, and he was landing that straight. He landed the straight right, and he was landing these body kicks that were just money every time he threw them, and. Yeah, Hasegawa died by a straight right. He he got rocked a number of times in this fight, actually, but the last straight right just... <laughs> the lights just went out. Like, he threw the straight right. And I think he actually... I don't, I don't know. I, I need to watch the replay. Because it kind of looks like he almost... Ongo Song, like, stepped on Hasegawa's foot. <laughs> so, like, he couldn't move backwards. So, when he threw the right, like, Hasegawa couldn't get out the way. Like, he was just kind of stuck. And... He ate that right, and he just died. That's slick work. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Ong Song defended that belt, and it seems like a uh, verbal agreement Ong Song will be fighting Brandon Vera uh, at 205. I wanted, I think it was at 205. So that'll eventually be a fight, it seems really? like. Really? I thought Brandon Vera was like the heavyweight champ. He is, but he has nobody to fight. <laughs> so I, I hope Ong Song wins. I almost wish it was that heavyweight just so Ong Song could have three belts. But true goat. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's super goat tat, tat, uh um super super goat status. But e- either way, great performance from the song. He he shut the lights out on that one. Um The next fight really unfortunate because it was really awesome up until it ended. Bibiano Fernandez and Kevin Bellignon fighting for like the third time, <laughs> I want to say, um, for the Bantamweight title. I don't remember the fight in a ton of detail because this was one of the few I didn't actually get to go back and rewatch. But it was a pretty awesome fight. They were going back and forth, just really going at it. And it was really fun to watch. And then unfortunately, in round three, um, 
Bellignon was going for some ground shots. Um, he tried, I guess he was trying to catch Fernandez behind the ear, but he ended up hitting him like right in the back of the head. They had to stop the fight. Bibiano was furious. And after all this yelling and just, you know, deliberation, the fight ends in disqualification. Um, it, it was the one fight that the ending just kind of sucked the air out of the night because the card up to that point and afterwards was just really awesome. And then that kind of happened. It was like, ah, uh, you hate to see a fight end like that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I guess Bibiano was the official champ because it was DQ, but I don't even remember him really, like, being happy about it. Um, he was angry. He did not like that back of the headshot. But that fight was just awesome until it ended, um, until it wasn't a thing anymore. Um, so I don't, I don't know, we might get Fernandez <laughs> battling on four at some point. Uh, but moving down... Uh, Mighty Mouse made his debut against Yuya Wakamatsu. Um, another really fun fight. Um, I thought this was good, at least on Wakamatsu's part. That I mean, he definitely lost. He he got his neck <laughs> like almost ripped off. But I, I think at least you know, to be a dude that young fighting DJ, I can only ask but show so much of you. I, I thought he did a good job at least holding his own until it was kind of over. Like DJ did a good job. He would like, land a right hand and just shoot him for a takedown, really just relentless pressure with his wrestling, um, there were a couple moments in the second where, uh, Wakamatsu would stuff a takedown, he caught DJ with a couple of good rights, um, I feel like in the second round, like, Wakamatsu just got angry, and he really started to go for it, but unfortunately, he got too aggressive, he ended up getting taken down, um, and it, it was just a really fun fight to watch, like, DJ looked really good, Wakamatsu made it competitive enough that it was interesting, but in the end, DJ's wrestling was and his speed was just way too much. And that guillotine was oof. Nasty. Like he like he tried like a Mortal Kombat finisher. Like he was about to rip Wakamatsu's neck off. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was painful. Yeah. Some murder yeah. out of these people. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not going to be pretty what he's going to do to a lot of these people. And, and real quick, um, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but y'all got me out here defending DJ and I'm not even like a D I've been a DJ hater like most of my life, but I had to defend DJ after this. Cause I saw a lot of people on Twitter talking about, Oh wait, you know, like sarcastically saying like, Oh, wait to cement your legacy going over to one to fight a bunch of bums. You know, just stuff like that. It's like, guys, like, really, is this that what that what we're doing now? Like, we, we're gonna act like everything he did prior is just a race because he's fighting in another organization now. Like, just, just stop, just, just stop. And as we saw with Eddie, which we're about to get to next, <laughs> fighting in other organizations doesn't guarantee you're about to win and you're just gonna steamroll everybody. Um. You can go to another organization. You can get washed. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing that happens. Um, <laughs> the other organizations do not mean you're immune from catching these hands or feet or variety. Um, there are great fighters all over the world. I'm not saying that one overall is like better in UFC in terms of talent, but don't think for a second that you know 
some of their guys couldn't compete in the UFC. I'm not saying they'd be champions, but just because you're not in the UFC, we, we've had this conversation thousands of, thousands of times on this podcast. You not being in the UFC does not mean you're not a good fighter. Everybody had to start from somewhere. And I feel like it's... This argument seems asinine because, like, Eddie, Eddie Alvarez became UFC champion after losing to Michael Chandler, honestly, like, twice. Right. Like, as much as a monopoly as the UFC has on talent, it's more just established talent than anything right. else. Like, they own all the lineal titles and all the names that you know. Like, I'm sure Timothy Nastyukin uh, would be a fine, like, well, uh, lightweight. Right. And to keep it a buck, because I feel like people are being really hypocritical. You can't, in one breath, say that and love Justin Gaethje. <laughs> because Justin Gaethje did not start in the UFC. If you've known Justin Gaethje and you've been following him, he was doing all that all that violence he's been bringing to the UFC. He was doing that in World Series of Fighting way back when. That's all he really got to the UFC and knocked out a borderline top five guy. Right. So that argument over with. Um, but moving on, boy. So before we oh. move on completely, like I think if anything, recent years have just kind of shown that like match styles make matchups way more than we even previously thought. Yeah. <laughs> like now it's now we see dudes come into UFC and beat guys all the time. Like established dudes who right. like they have no business beating. Yeah, it's uh styles styles making matches. Um we're moving on to Tim Timothy Natchukin and Eddie Alvarez. Um I mean, to be fair, we said on this podcast when they announced the participants in the Grand Prix that this was not going to be a cakewalk for Eddie through this tournament at all. Like, there were some killers all across the Grand Prix. By no way was he going to come in here and just mollywop people. I will say, if this was like... So much of Eddie's style is relying on him, like, being in this... Like, in a fight where he is vulnerable to being hurt. Where, like, and, like, I think, like, we, like, it'd be similar if it was a guy like Tony Ferguson or something like that, you know what I mean? Right. Or who, 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 just for whatever reason, just goes out there and gets his ass beat in the first round of, like, every fight he's ever in. Like, he, this is a dude who almost got stopped by Lando Venata. Um, but then, like, a guy like Khabib Nurmagomedov, I, like, I feel like he probably would run through this tournament. Just because, you know, stylistically, he, his entire style is built around dominating guys as opposed to, like, fighting them on their terms. Which is what Eddie Alvarez likes to do. Um, Oof. And uh, he just he got hit clean. Like, in a position where, like, I'm assuming Natsuki's team was uh, realized, like, okay, he, when he likes to, like, just the setup that Alvarez likes to do. For what he's fighting in the pocket, and they were like, "If we double this up here, we're going to be able to connect on them." And it was just enough to put him away this time. Yeah, and he, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie really never. He didn't really have many moments in this fight. Like, I mean, he landed some shots. He did a lot of feigning, just 
you know, Timothy would blitz them, they would reset and kind of go through the same thing over again. But Eddie just never really, he didn't really even get to show much. Like, by the time the fight really, like, got started, he got blasted. And it was over. <laughs> like, it was just, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. Like, really have anything else to say about it. Yeah, Eddie's, like I said, like I said, Eddie's style, just, it, it's exciting. It's like must-see TV, but it lends itself to these kind of, these kind of results can happen because of just of how he fights. Like you're prone to get caught with a right hand and then you get backed up and then you just get swarmed and it's it's over. Like this dude who almost got knocked out by like Patricky back in Bellator, like Yeah, he Yeah, it yeah, it is what it is. And like we said, man, that Light lightweight is the best division, and it's not just in the UFC. Like in MMA in general, like <laughs> pretty much every every MMA promotion has a really good lightweight division. Like it's just it's killers everywhere, and yeah, Eddie uh, his one debut did not go the way uh, he probably thought. Yeah, um, life happens fast, bro. It it happens really fast. So. <laughs> Timothy will be advancing on. I'm pretty sure we'll see Eddie again, but, you know, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Yeah, he'll be back. <laughs> he'll be back. Now I'm worried about Sage. Sage, don't go out there and get Eddie. Don't, uh. He's a grown man now. <laughs> you know, but, yeah, man. Um, I mean, it, it was a fun fight, though, but you just... You know what Eddie Alvarez fights is they can go either way because of how he fights and this it is what it is. But shout out to Timothy. You you got a, a good name on your record. Um Hey man, good good luck in the rest of the tournament. Um and closing out the main card, uh Yatsen Clyde Fairtex versus Andy Sauer. This is the one kickboxing match on the card. Um Yatsen Clyde dropped Andy within like a minute. To to me, this this fight just seemed like not much of what Sauer threw really affected Fairtex, and when Fairtex threw, he was throwing heat, and eventually it just became too much. Um, he knocked Sauer down in the second. Um, he ended up getting back up with the rough wave to fight off. To be honest, I think if that fight had kept going, the inevitable was going to happen anyway. <laughs> Yatsen Klai is a beast. I don't think Andy... I don't think Andy really wanted that smoke. Um, yeah, that that fight would have. I think that fight would have ended that way regardless. But that main that main card was just amazing, just awesome from start to finish. Like I said, outside of the Fernandez Bedlinyan fight, just kind of ending the way it did. That main card was awesome. Just lots of great finishes. Just really good fights overall. I, I think one. You know, I, like I said, I don't know how much money they make from these cards, but just from a, an entertainment standpoint and a, a fight quality standpoint, they knocked it out of the park with this one. This this joint was, was flames all the way through. And prelims, I'll just mention a few, didn't get to watch all but one. 
Uh, Danny Kenyad defeated Senzo Akita. I'm just going to mention the fights that other people told me were cool. Uh, Rod Tang defeated Hakeem Hamet via split decision. May Yamaguchi submitted Kissinya Lachkova um, via armbar. Um, and I did get to watch Gary Tonin. He beat uh, Anthony e N. Eaglin uh, via TKO. Uh, Tonin pretty much took him down. Um, had some pretty good ground and pound. Really active on the ground. I like that he was really like passing guard, advancing position. Um, he just took him down and beat him up. That was pretty much it. And uh, ended up beating him up and getting a TKO. He is now, I want to say, 4-0, I think, in MMA. So, um, but yeah, that was one championship new era. It was a really amazing card. If you didn't get to watch it, just go back and just watch greatness. Um, that, that card was awesome. It was so... I, I wish I could elaborate more, but, you know, we got three. We had, we had to cover three cards, so... Because th this card was just... It was so good. It was so, so, so good. Um, so go back and watch that. All right. Moving on to the main event of the evening, UFC Philly. Barboza versus Gaethje. We were waiting for this violence. For a long, long... Oh, all right, we were going to wait for it for a long time, but... I mean, it, like, if we're being real, like, it, this was Gaethje's first... Uh, Gaethje called out Barboza in his... When he got signed to the UFC. Yeah. This is why. Yeah. <laughs> you got to speak what you want into existence, and... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I rambled for a lot, so I'm, I'm, I'll let you head this one off. Uh, what were you... What were your thoughts on the, the violence that we witnessed? Um, it took me 15 seconds to realize that Anthony Barbosa was weighing over his head and was about to get his <laughs> ass beat off him. <laughs> um, it's really funny. Like I, I said I was like at a family reunion the, the, the night of the fight, and I was like, huh, it's about time for like the barbosa Gagey fight, and I turn on my phone, which was at, like, 2%. And thank God this fight only lasted, like, a minute. Because as soon as Gaethje did, like, knocked Barbosa like, out and did the gate, my phone instantly died. <laughs> it couldn't process the violence. <laughs> it was too much. It was much. too much. Like, once... Like once Barbosa just decided that he was going to do the whole Hennenborough, I'm gonna plant my feet and throw three punches back, and that'll get the guy to get me leave me alone. It was pretty much over because it was just a matter of time before Gaethje connected on something mean and just knocked him the fuck out. All right. Um. Yeah. No. Just to get like, I feel really bad for Esteban Barbosa because like. Is the, like this and welterweight are the only divisions where there are guys like a Gaethje, like a Tony Ferguson, like a Kabir Nurmagomedov, and a, a, a Kevin Lee. And I guess at like one seventy, those guys would be like Usman, Covington, RDA, um, who are just like really aggressive and can march you down and get rid of your best weapon and just turn you into a like a panic out outboxer, which is what he kind of became, which is how he ended up getting knocked out. It's like these are it's, it's like these are the guys that will like always stop him from competing for a title. Yes, like 
If this, if this man fought any division below right, he, 125 he's or above 170, he's, he's championship material. Like, I, I think a fight between a 185 size Edson Barbosa and a fight between, um, and, and uh, what's his name, Robert Whitaker, I think it's a fight that Barbosa could win. Right. But... Like at this division, like it's just so like. Where else is there a Justin Gaethje? Like, like the closest is John Lineker, who's like, five foot two. Right. You know what I didn't take into account that I realized the first like ten seconds of this fight, Gaethje is probably the first person Barboza has fought who leg kicks just as hard as he does. Yeah. God, I, I, that for some reason that my mind that completely slipped my mind because the, the first couple seconds of this fight was just them exchanging leg kicks, and I was like, "Oh, Barboza's never felt that before, probably." Like <laughs> nobody's willing to exchange leg kicks with him and really just go kick for kick like that. Yeah, and that that's one of the things. Like you don't concede when one guy theoretically has the advantage over the other. Like at the other, you don't concede that that. Um, with that weapon or at that range or whatever, like, um, so we saw jo- uh, Alexander Gustafson in the first Jones fight where he was just kicking with Jones and, you know, Jones, like who who who's ever kicked with Jones before? You know what I mean? Right. Like, you you don't concede like especially if it's something you're good at like, Justin Gaethje legit top five leg kicker in the sport. Do like you how how many dudes you know will get a double call a, a double collar tie. And just leg kick you from there. Right. <laughs> and yeah, but say if you guys watched, because um, I don't think he has done it as much in his UFC career. This, I think this probably the most I've seen him throw leg kicks. But I mean, he has thrown them. But like, if you watch his fights in World Series of Fighting, he was battering people with leg kicks. Like, straight up Jose Aldo style. Like, you can't walk after the fight is over. <laughs> like, he. I mean, I think this fight kind of went the way we predicted. Like, eventually, just Gaethje's pressure would just be too much. I ain't gonna lie, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think it'd only be one round. I thought Barboza would at least make it to a second. But well, yeah, like Barboza, like for as much crap as Barboza gets for like for for being susceptible to these types of guys, like he's the same dude who went the full fight with um. With, with Khabib and who, you know, up until the very last round was beating Tony Ferguson's ass. Right. And, you know, uh, was it Dr. Stoppage in the Kevin Lee fight? I thought he got finished. I can't remember. Uh, 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 point being, it's took okay, eight rounds. Right. He was like, yeah, he was, he was going, he the, was the, only time, the, the only time we've seen him get like stomped early is the Varner fight. And I think even that went to the second round. Right. And that was so long ago as like good old bearing. Right. On what would happen now. But oof, yeah, he get, get, and what I thought Gaethje did good was like, he put, he put pressure on Barboza, but I don't think he was, like, super reckless. Oh, yeah, no, this was the best all-around performance from Gaethje um, we've seen. And, you know, part of that is that the style matchup really played to him well here. And, like, some of that is just, like, he he seemed more willing to just, like, get out of the way of things. Like, right. 
Because there was the, a sequence the, where Barboza threw like four or five kicks, and like instead of just doing the Justin Gaethje thing and piling forward, he was just like, nope, I'm gonna step back real quick and then step right back into range. Right. He knew when to be aggressive and when to let off. And I mean, he he would only let off for like a second, and then he'd be right back in your face. But you know, previous Gaethje would just literally. We're, I'm just gonna throw until one of us ain't standing no more. And telling you, a, a smart Gaethje <laughs> is terrifying. Like, a Gaethje who's actually doesn't lose, like, his cool and just doesn't go in there and just wings it. Like, a Gaethje who actually is even just somewhat methodical, that's frightening. Because his skill set is already, like, elite level. You You don't want that on top of, oh, he's actually thinking about what he's doing now. He's not just winging punches until either I get knocked out or he gets knocked out. That that's that's the scary guy. That's um yeah, cuz even in just the exchanges they had when like Barboza would throw three and then he would fire back. He he got the better of most of them. He got clipped a couple of times, but he got the better of most of those exchanges. And when it didn't go well, like I said he he got out the way. And really the that last shot he caught Barboza with, he <laughs> I think he kind of just caught Barboza slipping. Like, when Barboza tried to circle out, he just had his hands down. Like, he wasn't, uh, he just wasn't ready. And that right hand came and, you know. Boom. <laughs> he, he got Gaethje to shell up and, like, I think he took that as his, like, cue the skedaddle. Yeah. The exchange and Gaethje was just like, nope. And stepped into, stepped into the hole he made and just punched the shit out of him. Yeah. He... Man, Gagechi is <laughs> that that dude, man. He is scary. He is scary good. Like, and it's weird because you look at him, he's not like a physically intimidating guy. It's not like he's super cut or like crazy muscular or anything like that. But you just watch him fight, and it's like, bro, I don't want none of these problems. Like, <laughs> I don't want to deal with any of that. Um. I don't know who he fights next. Um, I know he said something about Cerrone in the post-interview. He was mad about how they were ranked. Um, but I don't he know. It's a bad Justin Gaethje fight. Nah, not at all. And, I mean, whoever gets him next, man, good good luck to you, my friend. Um, real quick before we move on, just a, a hypothetical. How do you think he would do against Habib? Because people don't. We don't see it. Like I said, we mentioned this plenty of times. Gaethje is a really good wrestler. He just throws in, hands. In theory. And, 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 well, yeah. yeah. We, we, yeah. He, he hasn't, hasn't fought Habib yet, so. I mean, well, I, I'd be down for it. Like, I, how does Khabib deal with Gaethje's pressure? I, I do think Khabib gets him down. Um, Like, the high guard thing just throws me off completely. Because, like, okay. Khabib's really fast. And for... Like, for whatever reason, the majority of his career, people just, like, really underrated him as an athlete. Like, if you let him get underneath you, he's taking you down. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, my thought process is, okay, Gaethje tries to close distance, Khabib throws out the jab, Gaethje pulls the, um, the high guard, and then Khabib just runs, like, runs him into the ground uh, with, with the double leg. I mean, I, like, 
I'd be interested to see how those clinch exchanges would go, because, um, well, Khabib's very controlling, like, Gaethje is just capable of incredible feats of violence. Right. right, (laughs) From even, like, chest to chest, so, um, I don't know, like, I, 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 favor could be heavily like i i don't think i could talk myself into picking gagey but i'd love to see how that matchup played out on the feet um before it could be gotten down yeah, just, you know and habib got hands now that's you know <laughs> habib out here boxing people up i see the videos out there he's working on it <laughs> he's he's working on it but not nah, gagey man boy that that's that's a, that's it's a violent man right there. Posted on Facebook, man. Bar bar none. That's that's the most violent guy in MMA. That you don't want that. Like even if you win, like you're gonna feel <laughs> you're gonna feel that the next morning, and it's not gonna feel good. Like everything on you is gonna just be in excruciating pain. Um, yeah, you don't want that. You don't want that. He's not. He's never gonna give you an easy night out. That guy's gonna be in your face the entire time. He's not just. He's not gonna let you breathe until you either kill him or he kills you. Real quick, there's there's a there was a good article from ESPN. Uh, I don't remember the author, the the writer's name, but he spoke to two former Gaethje opponents and two former Edson Barboza opponents, and they, they just you know talk shop about like what's it like to eat the leg kicks of like this man um and for Gaethje they talked to Dustin Poirier and he was like yeah no the leg kicks were the most painful thing I've ever experienced while fighting some some guys man you just don't <laughs> you just don't want that smoke with uh but real quick before we move along um c- shout outs to Barboza and congrats I heard he um like, right after the fight, his kid was born. And he actually got uh, home in time to, like, see it. Oh, sweet. So that was, that's awesome. You know, if there's a silver lining to... Oh, he's from Jersey, I think. Well, no, he's in AT&T now. Never mind. I was going to say, like, he's in Jersey. He's, like, right... You cross the bridge and he's probably right home, but... Right, so that that's that's awesome. If there's a silver lining, he, you know... You lose the fight, but, you know, you get to see the birth of your child. And you got 50 Gs. All right. That that always helps. <laughs> Pampers are very expensive, very very. So shout outs to shout outs to Barboza and Gaethje. It was a violent fight, just like we thought. It just it ended real quick. Um, because Gaethje's that dude, man. Um, how was this fight the co-main event? Because ESPN cards <laughs> don't matter when it comes. <laughs> like for real, for real. Why? Like, you know you're going to get an audience of, like, a million and a half plus, and they're going to be sports fans because they're going to be sports fans looking for stuff to watch on a Saturday night. Why is Hermanson brand, like... Yeah, that's... <laughs> that is wild. So you put Gaethje and, you know, that makes sense. And you put Waterson and Kovacavich on the main card because, you know, Waterson's a marketable fighter. Benekovich is like a, a solid fan base. And you put Zeke Yusuf and Shaman Moresh on the card because, like, you know, fun, featherweights, one's a really good prospect. Why is Jack Hermanson and David Branch here? Yeah, that's... <laughs> and you know, I, I, I stand for David Branch. 
But I didn't even realize this until I'm just now looking at the order of the card. Like, this got Co-Main? But anywho. Yeah, um, it got... just comes back to they don't really care, like, about the undercard for a lot of the skin cards. It's not a good sign. By the way, um, but whatever. Yeah, well, the fight didn't last uh, long at all. Um, Hermanson uh, went out there, um, you know, <laughs> like... I watched the fight right before we started recording, and all I remember is David Branch trying to stand up into a guillotine and yeah. succeeding. <laughs> Which is, it's not the idea. That's <laughs> not what you're supposed to do. Um, but yeah, they, yeah, not not the best sub defense from David Branch. Um, he escaped right into a guillotine, pretty much. Um, it's not a lot to break down in this fight. <laughs> he just he got put in a bad spot and didn't do himself any favors in getting out. And just kind of walk right into a guillotine. And, uh... One, month, one year ago, David Branch beat the guy who's about to fight for the light heavyweight title. And right. knocked him out in, like, less than three minutes. And now he's losing to Jack Hermanson, who I'm assuming by the time of this recording, or whenever the rankings come out, will have a number by his name. Because um, David Branch was ranked, and he was not. So, um, um, what a bizarre ass sport. <laughs> right? <laughs> but shout out to Hermanson, man. Like, that's that's a pretty big win. Um, and a co main event on the ESPN card, and he made quick work of it. So, you know, I, I you know, I, I like Dave Branch a lot. He, he's the homie, but Hermanson did his thing. You know, I can't. Can't really Do you hate think you. David Branch ever just sits around and just like I could have stayed in WSOF and got paid a million dollars? Or do you think he's just like no f that? I get the I get the co-main event ESPN. Yeah, with Reebok, get four thousand dollar checks. Jeez. Uh, God, yeah. He, God, Dave Branch, you just stayed at 205 at PFL? You just stayed at 205 in the UFC. See, right. <laughs> you could have been Anthony Smith. Oh, boy. Dave, Dave Branch. He's still at home. I like, I like Dave Branch. But, yeah, Hermanson got him out of there real quick. Um, yeah, not, not a lot to break down. He stumbled into a guillotine, and bad things happen when you stumble into guillotines. So, that's, that's how that fight went. Uh, moving on to the featherweight division, Josh Emmett <laughs> versus Michael Johnson. Um, Great job, Michael. Mm. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> this this ah uh, this fight, man. Um, things are always going well, so they're just not. So just bad things eventually happen. They just life just. Happens fast. One minute you're having a great second round. You're boxing somebody up. You're moving. You're laughing. You're you're bouncing around and throwing good combinations. And life is just sweet. And then the third round happens, and you know the other guy's like, you know what? I probably need to get a finish because I don't know what these judges are thinking. You know, it could be one-one. I might be down two-zero. So I need to just go in there and do what I can do to get a finish. And, uh, you know, 
closes the distance, he gets in, throws a right hand, you ain't ready for it, whole chin gets knocked off. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, before this fight happened, I tweeted, I wanted Michael Johnson to knock Emmett out, but this is MMA, you don't get what you want in the sport. MMA gods don't work that way. And uh, Michael Johnson got flatlined in the third round. Oh boy, he sure did. Oh, God. I feel like this fight might have been more predictable. And while I was I I was in and out while this fight was live. And I'm like, it, like it, like, and I knew Johnson was up just from like looking at the fight and just like looking at the way they were moving. I'm just like. Dude, you're, like, he's going to get knocked out, isn't he? It was going too well. It was going too well, and, like, you could feel it. It was in the air. It was going too well, and he was having too good a time. Like, because, like I said, in that second round, he was bouncing around. He was laughing and making sound effects. And it was just like, oh, impending doom. <laughs> the Darren Elkins play all over again. Yeah, it's coming. And it's just like, dude. And, and what made it worse was, um, like you only needed one more round. Like you were doing so good. You were almost there. The finish line was right there. I'm pretty confident had that went to the judges. Where's that fight was going? Right. <laughs> Like, you were right there. And just, it only takes one, man. It just, it literally only takes one. And all of your hard work and everything you did well can just get erased. Um, and I, I guess I shouldn't have really been surprised because it's not like Emmett doesn't have power. Um, you know, he wasn't doing as good in the first two rounds, I guess, as he would have hoped, but... It's not like he wasn't landing at all. He just needed to, to get a clean one off. And yikes. Uh, yeah. Go back to lightweight, please, Michael Johnson. Like, no one needs this. Yeah. I mean, because literally at featherweight, he's still the same. <laughs> Nothing has changed. He's the same dude. He just has no pop. Right. He's the exact same guy. And, like, with less... Because he, he hasn't knocked anybody out that... Well, like, his power is, like, athletic power. It's, like, he's really fast, and he hits really... Like, and as a result, he kind of hits really hard. But at featherweight, like, he doesn't really have that. Like, he like Andre Philly was just as quick as he was. And maybe that's a product of, like, the 15-pound difference. Maybe it's a product of, um... Just, just like the drain that the extra 10 pounds puts on his body, but like it, it, he just does not have that same pop in his punches that he had when he knocked out Dustin Poirier. Yeah. Oh, boy. But, uh, it is what it is, man. Um, it just, it, it is what it is. <laughs> Emmett, man, he got the highlight KO. He sent Johnson to the, another stratosphere, so, that's that's how that fight went. Um, <laughs> moving on, women's straw weight, Michelle Waterson, Carolina Kovalkovich. Um, I was pretty hyped to see this fight. 
always down for a Waterson fight. I really am pretty big fans of both. Um, I was really impressed that like Waterson was able to just use a lot of good footwork. Like Carolina's, I feel like a volume fighter. Like if she can get into a consistent groove, you're in trouble. She starts putting those combinations together. It's probably not going to be a a good night for you. Um, and I feel like Waterson did a good job of never really giving her too many opportunities to just like like really tee off. She was always moving, you know, with Waterson, a lot of kicks. Um, in the second round, she landed that nice little, you know, that head arm throw, <laughs> dropped Carolina right on the dome, uh, was able to control her for the second round. Um, just did, did a really good job, I think, of just having a better, like, overall, more, like, well-rounded skill set and was able to just use everything she had in her arsenal, just kind of, I'm going to say completely negate what Carolina was doing, but, like, minimizing it enough so that she could be more effective um and not get herself put in too many too many like tough spots oh, i forgot did you see this one or not? oh still alive I think I may have lost my calls. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I thought everything went silent. Oh, <laughs> no. like I'm, I'm still here. Like everything like, just went silent. I'm like, oh crap, did it crash? Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> did, did you see the Waterson Carolina fight? I, I saw parts of it. I did not see the whole thing. Um, uh, I, 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 I wasn't. Um, I'm sorry, but just think of like trying to remember the fight in my head because again, I've only seen half of these fights and I saw all of them like half of the first time I saw them if that makes any sense yeah so, well, good um did like a really good job getting the fight to the ground um uh did a good job just like like I don't want to say Kovacavich looked like gun shy or whatever but like she looked like a woman who was coming off a knockout loss in, in ways because like that downhill momentum that she has in like previous fights where she was, she was just like, you know what? I, I could throw one twos. I'm going to throw them right after the other. It was just not there. Um, but like, uh, but it, um, and then just all around solid performance from Morrison. Like, I wish I had more to say, but like I said, I'm blank. Like, no, I mean that's 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 pretty much like what happened. Like Waterson just never let Carolina, like Carolina was never really able to get super comfortable and like really get into a groove. Like anytime she started, she got interrupted by something. Either she got caught with overhand right, or she got taken down. She just really couldn't find any like consistency. Um, and just good on Waterson, just like I said, she had, a, I think, a better just overall skill set and was really able to use, like, every tool she had to 
you know, just be more effective. That's kind of been like her whole run at like um, strawweight since she moved up. It's just like she has to find ways to win that are more reliant on like the complete totality of her game rather than just focusing in on the fact that she's a striker. Yeah, because she's still, like, not really a straw weight. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I know she put on a whole bunch of muscle and everything, but... Yeah, she gives up size to... Everybody. Everybody. So, her her skill set, like, her technique and everything just has to be really pinpoint because, you know... L- lucky Carolina's not, like, a powerhouse, but, like, she's not really, like, a, a bully kind of fighter who, like, is, like, super physically imposing, but... Yeah, Waterson just she gives up size on pretty much anybody at straw weight. Um, but good on her. Good, really good win. Um I wouldn't mind seeing her against um uh uh Zhang. Oh, maybe maybe like a title uh let, let let one of them have next up. I think they've both been on pretty good runs. Uh you know, Zhang getting the win over Torres was a big win. Uh Michelle getting this win uh is a big win because it yeah, I feel like everything just kind of adds up. They both just got wins over pretty like highly ranked opponents. Um, I say let them two face off for who gets uh who can get next crack after Andrade and uh you know Thug Rules handle their business. Uh, but we forget Antaroff and Suarez. Oh yeah. Oh man. Oh oh, that makes things interesting. Man. Cause I I I. But you're gonna get some things worse and. Um, I did say Eric Calvillo. I can see that. I can see that. It, it, yeah. I, I, I want to get Calvillo to a title fight. Want the builder to win anyway. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I mean, it, it don't matter. Suarez is about to come for all y'all. <laughs> Suarez is about to Habib everybody over there. And it is not going to be pretty. Um... But no, awesome performance from from. Oh my gosh, she would tower over Waterson. Well, not not like height wise, but like strength. She might literally throw her out there, <laughs> right? Jeez, <laughs> <Like, laughs> it was weird. Somebody somebody had commented on Suarez on Twitter. I forgot even what the conversation was, but they had mentioned something about Suarez's size. Like, oh, you're so much taller than. Everybody, she's like, I'm only 5'5". Five five. And then I sat and thought about it. I was like, she's really only 5'5"? Five five? I don't know why, for some reason on TV, she looks like like my height. Well, you figure she's fighting like Carla Esparza and Botella, Bo- uh, what's her name? Uh, no, no, Vivian Perea, who are both like 5 feet and 5'1". So she just looks like... <laughs> so she looks like she's like a literal foot taller than everybody. Right. Else. I'm like, 5'5", five five, like... You have to look up at me, but you could still probably throw me across the room. Jesus, oh, she she's a beast though, man. Yeah, she she's 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 nasty. But great win for Michelle Waterson. Uh, she got thirty twenty sevens across the board. Uh, this next fight we don't even really need to talk about. Paul Craig versus Kennedy Neshuku. Paul Craig won via triangle choke. I don't got nothing else for you. Um, but that way is bad, and you should feel bad. Yeah, <laughs> for as much as we praise light heavyweight recently for people like, you know, Reyes and Santos, Smith and Walker, we get fights like this. It's just kind of like. I mean, like, 
I, I, I'm totally on board with the UFC just being like, okay, here is a dude who has wins at 205 and looks like a 205er, so let's just bring him in, see how he does, right? I, I'm with that. You gotta do what you gotta do. Times, times is lean. Why put them on the part of the card that, like, a million and a half people are gonna watch? <laughs> yeah, this, this, you, you could have threw this on the prelim, and any of the other prelim fights, especially the ESPN ones, probably could have replaced this. What was the dude from the last, the last card that we did, who was just like the two hundred five er who legit just had no business being in the UFC? Uh, what was his name? It's probably good that I did forget him. The Romanian dude whose like best win was against a guy who was like twelve and forty five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that oh that was the fight that he kept grabbing was he was he grabbing a cage or something? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he fought um Safarov. Yeah. <laughs> that fight was Yeah, not no no bueno. Yeah. Like <laughs> nope. like that's where we're at right now, you know. Yeah, we we got reminded that two hundred five is is still bad. This, yeah, it's still two hundred five. Things, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And like all res, oh, not even like Kennedy. Uh, I'm gonna butcher his last name. And Jack Kuwu, like he's two two and a half years into his career. Like, obviously he'll get better. Doesn't mean he'll be, you know, future title contender. But, you know, you, you hope he gets better. Um, you know, he grows from this and stuff like that. But, like, that's the other problem. Like, these dudes, like, they go from fighting on the regional scene where there is just nobody. And all of a sudden they're fighting, like, somebody who's as athletic or as big as they are. Like, you're bound to get these types of performances, you feel me? All right. And, you know, I'm just, you know, good good on Paul Craig eking out another, like, last-minute submission. Yeah, like, like we're, we're dump, I'm dumping on Kennedy over here, but, like, he was winning most of the fight, which is not good. Like, it just kind of, like, it, it just shows you, like, BJJ, the lowest levels of the sport is still the effing king, because if you can't, like, that was... That was not a particularly advanced triangle setup. Kind of just grabbed his arm and dragged him down. To be honest, I don't even remember. Yeah, and then he just kind of just like, like there was like very little in the way of like I'm going to fake this way and then go for the triangle, or I'm going to you know secure head position. He literally just grabbed his arm and threw his leg over his head, and that was enough. Yeah. Uh, it was really weird. Two two oh five, gonna two oh five. Um but that was that yeah. Bad that, excuse. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just uh, lowering the bar for all these T V fights. Hey man. I, I, I don't got nothing. No, I, don't, I don't got nothing. But uh rounding out the main card, Sadiq Youssef and Shaman Marais. Uh Sadiq Youssef, uh prospect that a lot of people have been hype about been keeping an eye on um, I don't remember this fight in a ton of detail but I was pretty sure this fight was going to be entertaining you got just two dudes who are really athletic who can throw uh, 
basically they just had a nice fun kickboxing match both power hitters um i think yousef rocked him at one point he just he dropped him in the third yeah i uh, think um Maurice went for like an elbow or something and just was not looking at um Sadiq while he threw the putt or while he threw and Sadiq caught him with like an uppercut that dropped him. Yeah. It it was an entertaining fight, I just don't remember it like in a ton of of detail. Just two really strong athletic dudes who can just really just throw leather. And it's kinda of just what they did. The problem with Maurice is like he's really just like he he is a chucker. When it comes to like throwing those power shots, and it just leaves him open to get hit. Um, yeah, if you're if you're quick enough and alert enough to dance around it. Um, I, I, sucks because I can't root for Yusuf because he's a he's a Lloyd Irvin guy. Apparently, so he's dead to me. Yeah, and to be honest, his—I don't know—it's really hard for me to say what the rest of his game is. I don't—I've seen a couple of his other fights, um, because featherweight is another one of those divisions. Like it's like a mini lightweight where like everybody's still really good, and I don't know. Like I feel like a lot of his game is based on like athleticism and power, and I don't know how much that's really gonna carry you. Right, um, right. But. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. He he's a good fighter, but you know we'll we'll just have to see how how far he can really go up the ladder. But he does seem to have a lot of hype behind him um, as a prospect. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But you know Fe- featherweight is uh nasty nasty out there, man. <laughs> you know, not not a great. You know, we we've seen a lot of people fall, and we don't hear from them again. So we'll we'll see if he can keep climbing up that ladder. But that was the main card of uh, the ESPN portion. Well, all this was ESPN except for the early prelims. But that was the main card. Uh, moving on to the prelims. Uh, some of these we can kind of breeze through. Uh, Marina Rodriguez uh, fought Jessica Aguilar. Um, this fight went to a decision. All you need to know is that Marina beat the brakes <laughs> of Aguilar. Like, really put on a clinic. I mean, um, props to Jag for, like, surviving, but she got beat up. Um, just a lot. <laughs> like, she she ate some hands and feet. It, she ate everything. She got beat up. Marina went out there and just put all the Tekken moves on her, threw all the combos. Um, it, yeah, it, it was one of them. It was It was a slacking. Uh, Marina Port. I feel bad for Jag just cause like it's not even that she's old cause even if this was like 10 years ago her game is just outdated and like you, you're not big enough and athletic enough to do any of the things she used to be able to do like stall out fights so like she she's just like this is just a fight for her now she's just gonna go out there and continually run into younger more athletic, more dangerous fighters, and just get steamrolled like that. Yeah. Oof. Hold on, did she? She won one fight, right? In the UFC. UFC? I, yeah. I, I won a. I thought she beat. I thought she won one. Let me check. I might be right. Um. Yeah, she beat Jody Escabel. 
Who isn't Adam Wade? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, she's one in four in the UFC. Ooh, yeah. And I don't know, man. You got to think after a after a beating like this, I don't know how much longer she might be around. Um, it is what it is. Great on Marina, though. Um, she went out there and just threw leather and looked really good doing it. <laughs> just, just relentless. Just she just went off. Um, so congrats, to Marina Rodriguez. She won via unanimous decision. Uh, moving on to the lightweight division, we had Desmond Green against Ross Pearson. Um, pretty much what I took from this fight, and Des Green actually said it in his post-fight in his corner. Um, this is probably the most comfortable I've ever seen him look on his feet. Um, anybody who, if you've been following Des Green, like he's fought back in Bellator. He was in, I think he was the Titans for a little bit. One of those other organizations he was in. But he is like primarily a wrestler. Um, and he's he struggled with like just kind of like being active and having like a lot of, you know, consistent output. And this is probably the best fight I've seen in terms of him of, like, actually having output. He looked pretty comfortable on his feet. He's still not, like, technically, like, the best striker on the planet, but he just, he looked a lot better. He dropped Ross in the beginning of this fight. Um, and then the one time he actually, because most of this fight took place on the feet, and then when he finally did get Ross down, he shot him for a takedown, got him against the fence, and just started blasting Ross with with ground and or not even really ground and pound, he just kind of caught him against the cage and just started just hammering away at Ross until he just kind of just curled up and that was just kind of it. Um, great, so great, great performance from from Desmond Green. Like I said, he looks really comfortable on his feet. I like his offensive output, so it's good to see him like actually improving. So we're now in the part of the card where I literally saw nothing except for the first two fights on the card. But I have to say, like, first eight fights in the card, and the only one that is a finish is Des Green. <laughs> the guy tells me about your night. <laughs> I've been really long. Oh, man. But no, I, I felt like, well, I guess that means we can kind of just breeze through these uh <laughs> these last few. Um, The rest of these fights actually were still, I, I want to say for the most part, pretty good um Aguilar Kevin Aguilar um and Enrique Barzola at featherweight that was a pretty fun back and forth fight um I thought Barzola looked really good in the first round he had a lot of a lot of footwork a lot of movement but I think he kind of tired himself out I thought he slowed down um in the second and third Aguilar was able to get off more um planted some good combinations some good body shots um I don't know I just feel like Barzola just eventually slowed down his output wasn't as high as what it started with, but it was still, I thought it was still a pretty good competitive fight, um, so Aguilar, um, defeated by Barzola via unanimous decision, um, and shout out to Aguilar, always root for the LFA guys, so that was awesome, uh, middleweight, Kevin Holland returns against Gerald Murchard, not a great outing, really, from either, um, Holland won the fight via split decision, but, <laughs> Murchard's game plan was pretty much to take him down and submit him, and this fight was a lot of scrambling, a lot of just kind of weird, sloppy groundwork, not super entertaining. Holland just kind of kept, you, you know he wanted the fight on the feet, but he I felt like he just kept putting himself in bad spots, and even though he was able to get out of him, it just wasn't, 
it wasn't a, a great showing. And he even said that, like, in the post-fight. Like, it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a great showing. He really wanted to stand and, and you know, stand and bang. And I felt like he could have had the opportunity to do that if he just would have disengaged from some of these exchanges and just, just get out of there. But he just, I, I don't know. It was a weird fight, but he won, but it wasn't, like, super entertaining. But that was that fight. Kevin Holland won via split decision. Um, the early prelims, the ESPN Plus portion of the card, uh, Casey Kenny, who we actually mentioned the last podcast, who was a LFA flyweight and bantamweight champ, um, he got called over on short notice to fight Ray Borg. Um, I, I'm, I don't want to say controversy in this fight, but I know a lot of people were kind of split on who they thought won. Um, in real time, I did give it to Borg. Um, after rewatching it, with the volume muted, I kind of still give it to Borg, but I, I kind of, I guess, saw more of a case for people who thought that Casey Kenny won. It was one of those fights where uh, a lot of this fight was just grappling exchanges, and neither of them did, like, a ton of, like, actual physical damage. It was more so better positioning, who's winning the scrambles, who's going for submission attempts. They had a couple of flurries, but I feel like that didn't really happen until, like, the very end of the fight. Um, the first round was close. I think I gave the second. I don't even remember how I scored this fight, to be honest. But I, I think I thought Borg won, but after watching it, I guess I'm not too mad that Kenny won. Like I said, it was a competitive fight. It was just a lot of scrambles and position changes and wrestling, but nobody did enough like actual damage damage I, I guess i don't know i guess that's what the judges saw but either way casey kenny won uh unanimous decision how he got a 30 27 is wild to me though no way he won all three rounds but it is what it is at this point so congrats to him winning his debut on short notice um uh, you did see marina morose though and the sabina yes uh, yeah, i did, right, I like. did. uh morose is tough uh this is a tough debut um he's tricky um, she was moving up to 125 in this fight. I think it's her first fight at 125 in the UFC. Um, and she 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 added a whole bunch of stuff. She has a whole ground game and everything. So, or not whole ground game, but like a wrestling game. Um, like she 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 just seemed like she was moving her head. She what she threw like she just seemed like the quicker, more like she knew what she was doing out there. And Masa was just trying to get a feel for things. Um. The third round, ended up, like, I ended up winning that on two judges' scorecards, but, like, uh, Morose just was more comfortable for longer in the fight and set the pace and everything. So, um, yeah, no, it was unfortunate debut for Masa, but, you know, th this is something that she can... This is something she can make immediate improvements on. Yeah, she just really just kind of got the engine started too late. <laughs> like... She, they mentioned it in the commentary, like, she gets stronger as the fight goes on, but it's only a three-round fight, and it was like, it took her till the third round to really just kind of wake up, but I gotta give some of that, a lot of that credit to Morose, like, Morose stayed in her face, pushed her against the cage a lot, just never really let her get, like, super comfortable, um, and then in the third round, we finally saw Mazo, like, she, you know, everybody, if you know Mazo, she... She's head kicked a couple people into another <laughs> another world. She started to get the head kicks off. She started to look a bit more comfortable, but yeah, it was kind of too little, too late. Like Morose just kind of just really put the pressure on her, really took it to her those first two rounds. Um, 
But I'm sure we'll see Mazo back. But good wins for Morose. So she won that uh, unanimous decision across the board. Um, and this is the one fight that you saw that, well, I saw the fight, but I watched it like once and I don't remember it at all. Alex um, Perez took down Mark De La Rosa, put him in wrestling positions and landed some nice ground and pound and route to a 30-27 decision. Done. There you go. <laughs> that's, 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 that's how that went. Um, it sure was a card. Yeah, that was a uh, UFC Philly. Um, I mean, overall, it was it was cool. Um, like main event, obviously crazy violence as we all were pretty sure it would be. Um, Emmett and Johnson was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the ending was great. Um, I mean, not that was a good fight. Like Waterson, Carolina was good. Um. Marina Rodriguez put on a good performance. Uh, I like Des, Des Green's performance. There were good moments on this card, but overall it was it was okay. Um, I think the main event really kind of bolstered up the overall quality of what this card was. Um, like it, it wasn't bad, but it was it was cool. Like it was a card. There are fights worth watching. Um, you know, if you're a fan of any particular person, you can go back and and go check this out. It wasn't like a super amazing night of fights, but like it was cool. It was a thing. I'm not going to complain about it. I've seen many more worse cards than this. Um, like you said, I think kind of what you alluded to earlier, like the ordering of these fights was kind of weird. Like <laughs> some of these main card fights probably should have been prelim fights and vice versa. Um, so that, that just kind of made things weird, but there were, there were some moments that, that happened. It at least, you know, if, if nothing, check out the main card. There, there, there was some good moments. You got some finishes and just, just skip the 205 fight. You don't know. Uh, don't do that to yourself. Have love and respect for yourself. Don't. I say watch it. <laughs> I'll put a... Watch at your own discretion. No, watch uh, it. It's mandatory. <laughs> you don't get to watch UFC 236 unless you watch the fight. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh man, but no, it, like it was a it was a cool night of fights. There was some good good performances, so you know, go go back and check it out if you didn't get to. But like I said, in my opinion, overall, the best card this weekend, hands down, was one championship a new era. If there's anything you go watch this weekend that you didn't get a chance to, go back and watch that card. It was amazing. It was awesome. I loved every bit of it. I went back and watched a couple of fights. I'm gonna do it again tomorrow because I just I had a blast watching that card. And for Bellator, get a, get him a little love. Go go back and watch Brandon Gerson side of That was cool. And go back and watch Daniel Strauss. Nice feel good moment to see him come back and and get a win. So a lot of fights this weekend. There was a lot going on. I didn't even mention the Ryan Garcia fight, which I didn't watch, but that was a thing that happened. Um I don't remember who he fought. There were a couple of boxing fights this weekend, I think. But it's too late for that now. We've already talked about that. We're about to get out of here because it's Almost 11. I'm pretty sure both of us have to wake up pretty early tomorrow. It's only 11? God damn. Nah. Well, 10.56, but, you know, round up. We're, we're almost there. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, I have, uh, to, but, I have uh, to finish writing the stupid paper. Alright, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get out of here. Um, But, yeah, so go back and watch all those fights. Some cool things happen. So, as always, close out with uh, parting shots. Shout-outs. Um... Uh, I'll give a shout out 
uh, to Derek Krantz. He's a LFA welterweight. Um, I haven't watched a lot of his fights. I did get to see the highlight from his last one. He took somebody's soul. Um, but he's been a prospect that I've been hearing about from LFA. Um, and he actually will get a chance to compete on Dana White's Contender Series um, in the summer. So uh, good for him. From what I've been hearing, he's been in LFA just kind of wrecking shop. So always good to see those guys, you know, get their chance at the big stage. So shout out to Derek Krantz. Uh, shout out to Michigan State for beating Duke. Because um, I don't like Duke. So when Duke loses, it's a good day for me. Um, but they had a good tournament, though. They, you know, and I'm, I'm looking, still looking forward to seeing Zion. I want, really want to see how all how all they do in the NBA. Zion, uh, RJ, and, and Cam, and anybody else from that team. Because even as much as I hate Duke, I, I did go out of my way to watch them this year because, you know, that that was a special team that got put together. It's not often you get like four of the top five players in the nation <laughs> on like one team. So that was it, it was it was a fun ride to really watch uh, them in March Madness. But at the end of the day, I hate Duke. So shout out to Michigan State because they got him out of here. Um, and just you know, lastly, just to reiterate, man, rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle. Rest in peace to Tech Nine. Uh, to gentlemen who were just taken way too early way too early um but yeah that's uh that's all i got for parting shots and shout outs um crap wait i had one it was very much it was on the tip of my tongue oh uh shout out to uh i actually mentioned sorry shout out to john oliver who dropped the 22 minute video on the wwe um and it's amazing uh, he has everything, like, if you're not a wrestling fan, he has, like, uh, uh, background information about, like, how the WWE was created, uh, why it changed the name from WWF to WWE, information about Vince McMahon, um, and it was all in service of calling out the WWE's business practices, which are very much mirrored in the UFC, so if you're a, um, so if you're an MMA fan, go check out the video because it, it, a, a lot of it has to do with stuff that, you know, that, that, there's a reason we call MMA and freaking rest, pro wrestling kissing cousins. Like, they're the same thing. In this regard, anyway. So, you know, shout out to John Oliver and his amazing research team for putting that together. Um, don't really have a whole bunch of other, like, shout outs and stuff. Um, Shouts to the the, uh, the 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 um the young men and women who have been competing at the uh, for the NCAA March Madness tournament. You know the NCAA sucks. Fuck them. Fuck them all. But you know it's always fun to see um, teams go out there and compete. Been watching the women's tournament real close because I want to know who's the New York Liberty going to draft. Um, and even as I speak, Notre Dame just beat, um, Stanford to clinch their spot in the Final Four, so. Hey, good job. Got my bracket going. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a good weekend for sports. Yeah, March, March Madness has been awesome. Yeah. This, we, this, this has been really fun. We get the next weekend off from MMA. Will you? I think so. I don't think there's anything happening. When's the uh when's the pay per view? Week after. Oh, okay. All right. 
Oh, I didn't know we had a break. It was a one card that week. Mario oh. Williams is going to fight uh, Jadamba. All right. I was going to say, they, they wore out all their stars this week. I was like, who they got left? <laughs> they, they threw everybody on this card. Um, but no, that, that'll be cool. Um, so I don't know. Maybe you guys will hear from us next week. I, did, I didn't know we had a break. Um, but sometimes we do just take breaks because we don't get them often. Um, so I don't know. There may be an episode. There might not be. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But uh, anywho, man. That's uh, pretty much it for this episode of the Dodo Talk Podcast. As always, man, give us a listen. SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, Google Play. Send questions to Dodo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Follow us on Facebook as well as Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitch and Twitter at Serial Sensei. And as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.